Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You have found the Shanty Pants Show. People ask all the questions that box you in To classify your life with the stroke of a pen Take those old rules, crumple them, throw them out We're burning that box right now Although I am most often recognized for my ridiculous comedic fashion and makeup tutorials on my social medias, I also have a deeper side. I have been learning, growing, and recovering so much in the last couple of years, and I'm thrilled to bring you along on my journey as I continue to break the mold that I've been living in for far too long. I'm so fortunate to have the privilege of interviewing some movers and shakers who are encouraging my healing process through sharing their own stories. I speak with many who have suffered through challenges I myself have been through, such as living in a cult, infertility, foster care, adoption, and mental health illness. I have experienced firsthand how the stories of others have impacted impacted me in my journey of healing. I'm honored to bring these stories to you all in hopes that you too can learn, grow, and heal. And also to remind us all that we are not alone. Welcome to the Shanty Pants Show. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here on the Shanty Pants Show. I am honored that you would even talk to me today. So this is very exciting. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and start with just letting the audience know who you are. Sure. I'm Tyler Meesom. How's that? Is that enough? Oh, hi, Tyler. Oh, that's so wonderful. What a great little introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, that was so helpful. There's my name. <laughs> Since you can't that's- see, I'm wearing a name tag that says, hi, my name is Tyler Meesom. <laughs> But since you can't see it, I will just say it. My name is Tyler Meesom. I am Tyler Meesom. Um, I mean, I you know, where do you, what do you want? Where do you want to start? Well, the- I know it can go so many. I, I like to ask it that way because then it 
it shows what's important to you. Like, do you say, Ooh, I'm a dad. And you know, or do you just say, I'm a filmmaker and director and your family's like, Oh, cool. I see where we land. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I just said my <laughs> name. A lot. Which, <laughs> it's basically a egotistical, like, <laughs> I took the I easiest so path there. There are no rocks on that trail. I just, well, well, that's how about this? We'll just dig into who you are. And then that way we'll get to know you throughout the episode sure rather not. than right up, than right up front. Uh, how about this? I'll start with how I met you okay. because that kind of, you know, starts all my questioning about you, but I was invited to be on Tyler and Liz's podcast and was a guest, I don't know, last year sometime. And it was amazing. And it's still like my favorite podcast that I've ever been a guest on. And it's just, it was such a fabulous episode. So that's how I met you guys. And I, I just have been, I've been friends with Liz ever since. And you now are going to be stuck with me. So now that you're Fair talking enough. to me for the second time, you know? Well, I, I do so, subscribe to you on Instagram. So oh, I, am, okay, so we're, I do see you more than you see me. Oh, that is true. That is true. I do spy on you every once in a while, though, because what you do is very fascinating to me. Yeah, but so. I'm, I'm really not very good at social you're media. Not. I'm not. And I don't, you you're know, terrible. like Liz always makes fun of me because I just like I'll post a picture of a beer or a lemon yeah. on my tree. Yeah, and everyone no. says like you have the coolest life. You do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think I do. I interview ind- interesting individuals and I, you know, I am a filmmaker. Um, but then I'll just post a picture of like, hey, this is a. One of my favorite beers that I drank. It's very boring. I feel like I feel like you need to step that up and you need to do some little like reels and clips because your job is so fascinating. And you know, the rest of us really need to know more about it. Fair enough. I will work on Mm -hmm. it. I will definitely Mm -hmm. I will work on it. So yes. And then you and then you can have followers, you know, because that's not culty at all. No, having followers. (laughs) And then I can have sex with all of them because that's not culty. Either. Um, <laughs> That's just part of how it goes. So, yes, Shannon was on my uh, – Liz and I have a podcast called Was I in a Cult? Uh, and it features the stories uh, of individuals who were in and out of cults. Very, you know, it's kind of a documentary style, but we add some comedy around it because if you know Shannon, she her story is fucking hilarious. And while there are horrible and horrific cult stories out there, there's also a lot of absurdity in cults. And we talk to people who are far enough away from their cultic experience that they can look back and go, what a crazy, weird existence that that was. And I can look back at it and laugh and have fun and poke fun at it. And hopefully other people will learn from my, you know, my horrible, awful and absurd existence that I now left. Um, but they're beautiful stories of people that not only were, you know, tell these great and crazy and interesting cult stories, but the, 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 um, the resilience of leaving and of leaving that cult lifestyle behind, because it's one thing to leave the cult physically. It's another thing to leave it mentally. And the journey that these individuals go through is remarkable. It's really beautiful to hear how, you know, how really hard people have to work to 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 leave that uh that that lifestyle to close the door mentally on you know the the cultic world they lived in for so long yeah and it is and it's so it's so interesting how when you say mentally that is the hard part you know i 
I, whenever I'm doing the interviews, it's like the, the leaving was the easy part The I've been out like 11, 12 years now. That's the hard part is it's taken 12 years to get to where I am now. And really it's just been the last couple of years that I've really truly taken on this healing journey of, Oh, just because it's in my past doesn't mean it's staying there. It's a part of me still. And I actually have to face it and deal with it because mm-hmm. it's, it's a challenge. It's a lot of work getting out of something like that. And then just thinking, Oh, I'm out fun times. It's right. not, it's, right. it's a lot of mental work. Right. So it's exciting yeah. to be kind of on that other side. Yeah. And then and to look back and then also take things that you learn and glean from it yep. and use those to your advantage yes. in many ways. So absolutely learn a lot of lessons. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is the podcast and it's really great. We, uh, we did a season one um, and there has been a hiatus. Uh, Liz, my co-host had a baby and I, uh, you know, I also do film projects that I had to, had to do, but we will be back. Worry yeah, not. Yeah, we will be I know. back with more crazy cult stories. Yes. And you got and if you haven't listened to it, you guys have to go. I anyone that asks, I share I share your podcast with because I do love the humor that you bring to it. It's just so my style is like you were saying, it's a serious subject. It it sucks that we all had to go through these different situations, but really, oh my gosh, there's so much humor looking back on it when you do get towards the, you know, further away from it. And I, my thing is too, like, if you can't laugh about it, like I already deal with depression. So if I can't laugh about these kind of things, like I wouldn't get off the couch ever. (laughs) So it's, I think, oh, I, so I just love your guys' humor and what you bring to it. And then you obviously are very talented in that documentary style interview. You guys just bring it together in such an amazing way. So, you know, that's. Yeah. We, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's, it's a lot of work. That yep. podcast. It's not a chat show. It is, you know, we'll do three, four hour interviews with somebody mm-hmm. uh, or longer. And then we'll, you know, we'll edit it, edit it down. And I spend a lot of time being a documentary filmmaker. I'm very good at, I've learned how to take people's stories and find the, the three act structure within them and tell the bare bones of it. Uh, and, and so it's highly edited and we put archival around it and music. It's, it's a, it's a really fun and wonderful show. And it was, it's so much fun to do. I, you know, as, as a filmmaker, I'm so used to like making these big shows and there's cameras and equipment and crew and it's great telling stories. And when I was just doing the podcast where it's just one story of one person, audio only, it was so refreshing. Mm. It was such a nice way to just go. I'm just going to go back to the simplest form of, of storytelling mm. in some aspects and not have to worry about all the bullshit that goes around it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you guys do a fabulous job at it. And I just, I was Thanks. honored to be on your show. It was a lot of fun. So, and I can't wait for you guys to come back. Your episode was so great. It was so no, much fun. No, was thank you. So. It was a lot of fun. Um, okay. So before we get into like your, I'm so interested to hear more about you, um, what you do for work with your film directing and everything, but let's talk a little bit about your past. What created, what like helped inspire you to even start the podcast was I in a cult and then to kind of start some of your other, um, film work that you've done. But as far as how, um, your, your cultic experience and, and what that is that. Sure. Well, I I was raised as a Mormon. (laughs) Oh, I was a times. Mormon boy. Which, okay. I mean, to be honest, I, I still, it's still kind of hard for me to say the, the C word cult around Mormonism. Um, and, 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 you know, you know, the, the saying is the only difference between a cult and religion is time and, and, and numbers. 
Um, because it, it's hard for me to really grasp that it was a cult. But if you look at the, the, the you know, the, the, the rules of the church and especially the founding of the church, for God's sakes, it mm. is it is such a cult and mm. it has such cult uh, uh, tendencies. Mm. But it's still I still haven't really completely 100 percent grasped that. It, it, now, I've left I've 100 percent left the religion. I no longer believe in it. I no longer practice any form or fashion of it. And I look at it as absurd and awful and, and in many ways, um, you know, confining to the individuals who are in it. But uh, I still don't like to use the C word with it. Yeah. So I, you can evaluate that doctor uh-huh. as much as you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny because even from my experience, I really in the last year since being on all these episodes, now I'm just like, cult, 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 because you know, like you said, you kind of look at the situation and the things that surround it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, when you look at the word cult and cult means so many different things to so, to every person, like it's so different, but really it is. And I think, you know, cults can be so many different things. It could be maybe just your family, like could be a very cultic type family and, or even a relationship with, you know, one-on-one. So I think, you know, I use the word cult pretty loosely because I do think it means so many different things. And even as far as like a relationship, religion, you have all these offshoots that are much, you know, different than maybe your streamlined, you know, Mormonism or whatever you have or mainstream where you, you do have all these little offshoots that are much different and definitely more cultic than maybe your main religion. But there's so much that is within it that even if you don't want to call it a cult, it's like still crazy. It's still crazy. It's still crazy. And the foundings of the faith, you know, I mean, it was founded by Joseph Smith, who claimed to have seen an angel Mm -hmm. as a 14 year old boy and claimed that God and Jesus came and visited him in a a grove of trees. And Mm -hmm. he claimed that an angel brought him gold plates that he translated into the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. And no one saw the gold plates except for a couple of people who were kind of enticed into it. And then he started this crazy religion. And then he married 37 women. Some of them were 14 years old. And you hear that and you go, all right, that's a fucking cult. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like if there was a church down the street where the founder had 14 year old wives, you go, that's right. you're a cult, brother. Yeah, I'm not um, going there. Yeah. So, so you know, and, and, and I did. I was raised in it and I was very ardent in it for quite a while. And I went on a Mormon mission. Okay. Which I think is the most cultic of my life and background is oh. it, the age of 18 for, you know, the, the headquarters of the church to send me a paper that says, hey, you're going to spend two years in Kansas. And oh, I did. Wow. I would spent two years in Kansas and Nebraska, and I wore a white shirt, and I couldn't read the newspaper or books or magazines or date or listen uh, to music or watch movies or TV. Wait, and for I the had, whole mission trip? Yeah. That's part of it? Uh-huh. Um, oh. And I couldn't, I, I, you know, I had to be around another guy, another 18, 19 year old, 20 year old guy the whole time. Could never be alone ever, except for when I went to the bathroom. What? Um, yeah. So, and, and, you know, I wore a white shirt and tie and we had to just, you know, convert other people to Mormonism. And while my friends were off, you know, having sex and drinking and not just that, but they were learning about themselves after mm-hmm. high school, for goodness sakes, they were going to college and they were reading and going, you know, learning who they were. Right. I was in, you know, I was in Pratt, Kansas, riding a bike, knocking on doors. Oh, my. <laughs> and couldn't, you know, couldn't see family or friends. For the whole two years, you for don't see anyone? Years. No. <gasps> 
Oh, what? I did not know that was a part of it. Yeah. And you don't yeah. get to pick where you go. No, you don't get to pick where you go. No, you do not get to pick where you go. So if you've seen Book of Mormon musical, it's like that in many ways, although it's, you know, that's, I didn't sing as much as they did <laughs> on that one, but uh, it was, it's very similar. Oh, um, it's, wow. it, was a, it was looking back, it was a very difficult existence, um, especially because okay. I was young and free and, you know, wanted to do things. And instead, yeah, I was out in Kansas. So I, I learned a lot from it, but it, it was a difficult two years. And mm. it really, um, I, I hesitate to say whether it pushed me, you know, I, I was very good at it. I was a very good missionary in that I converted mm. a lot of people. It could be that I was just a very good salesman, very mm-hmm. convincing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, 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 and I can't say that I was ever really incredibly religious, but I did buy it and bought it and knew mm-hmm. and converted people and believed it whole hog. Wow. Um, but it also kind of pushed me away mm. uh, because when I got home and I learned some of the truths of the faith, because, look, I grew up in 1990. There was no Internet. You did not right. know. You know, that's when I went on a mission in 1990. So mm. you can do the math on how old I am. <laughs> I will. Good thing I good thing I really got a math. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's just say that. Let's just say um Mr. Furley was my favorite landlord on Charlie's or on uh Three's Company. Perfect. Um but see I don't even know what you're talking about because I was able to watch TV. Oh that's true. No, I could have watched TV. (laughs) You were in a cult too. (laughs) Um See, I at least could watch TV. Right. I always wished Mormon. I was a Mormon. All my Mormon friends at school, I'd be like, man, I just wish I was a Mormon. <laughs> they could have made you one. It would have been happy <laughs> to have had you. You could have been a nice. Uh, I would have got disfellowship so fast or whatever they call it. The next oh, I would have been so good at that. So good. <laughs> it's not too late. That ship has not sailed. Oh, yes, it has. Shit. Oh, yes, it has. <laughs> Um, I could send some cute, young, white-shirted boys to your door. They'll be there in 15 minutes. No, thank you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I got home and kind of learned a lot more, you know, Mm. as I started to open up and read books and investigate the faith a little bit more. And I think, you know, for a lot of people uh, who are leaving in droves, as I see the Mormon church, they're looking at the past and they're, they're reading and they're going, oh, my God. Joseph Smith had 37 wives. Oh, my God. You know, Brigham Young was an awful racist. Mm. Um, They're looking at that past as I did and go, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't Mm. add up. And um, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, but were you, you were born and raised though your whole life in it? I was. I was born and raised in it. A big family, big Mormon family. I have five sisters and one brother. Okay. And wow. we just, you know, we just bought it. We went to church yeah. every week and I grew up in Utah for the most part in a small town and everyone I knew was just Mormon. It's just what you did. You were Mormon and yeah. everyone, you know, pretty much believed the same way and went to church with you. And right. there was really no alternative. In fact, I didn't really know mm. for a long time that there were alternatives um, to Mormonism other than the evil people who were Right. Everyone else. Everyone else was wrong. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's been the most freeing thing in leaving the yeah. faith. And I did leave and it was a very difficult and drying process. Mm. It was exhausting and tiring and mentally tiring because when you leave, as you know, uh, you're, you're confining yourself to going to hell. Mm. 
and you're ostracizing yourself from your community and your family and everything you know. And mm. willingly doing that is very difficult. Mm. But after you get out the other side, it's so freeing because I realize that even though, I mean, you know, religions and, and culture, a, a lot of this way, they, you are the elite. You are yeah. the only people that have the keys to the kingdom. You are the only ones that are going to go to heaven. And that, that's the arrogance yeah. that is bred in you that you are special and everyone else is awful. And that's mm. so difficult. And it's kind of beautiful in some ways to be raised with this belief that you are great. I am imbued with greatness as a human being, and it's inherent in me, and God has blessed me with this. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, it's awful because everyone else is terrible. Right, right. And you you look at them as those who don't have this special Mm -hmm. gift, Mm -hmm. and and they're good human beings. And you can't look beyond the fact that, you know, I'm better than you, and you're going to hell, and I'm not. And so when you finally let go of that, you finally go... I'm no better than that person. Yeah. And Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's so beautiful to have yep. that and to, 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 to finally be on the same level with other individuals and to see them as a normal human being and not see them. And look, I spent two years trying to convert anyone who wasn't like me you right, know, right. in my youth. And even after, because you're still taught to kind of convert to individuals. Um, so to finally look at someone as just a human rather than someone that I need to quote unquote bring under. Christ is so freeing and so wonderful. And even mainstream Mormon is Mormons who believe, well, I don't look at people differently, but you do. Yeah. You, you don't know you do, but you inherently do because yep. you believe you have the keys that they don't. Right. And right. if a sports team said, we're going to win the world series, you know, as the Dodgers should have this year, because <laughs> they were the best team. Well, look, they did it, you know? Right. And so there's an arrogance when you carry that, we're the only ones who are right. It just, I think, pisses off a lot of people, but also limits you in your life. Yeah. And it just sets you up for, like you were saying, you have this sense of, you know, I'm so special. Well, it's false. Like when you get out to the real world, it's like, oh, wait, no, I'm the same. I'm really not that special. I have to work as hard as everyone else. I have to, you know, I'm the same as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And it is such a freeing, awesome place to be. But it's hard, like, because it's very much the same we were raised so judgmental. And I know that since I've been out, that's been like, I realize how messed up mentally I am as far as like instantly judging people. And now it might be different things I would judge versus before, but I'm a real judgmental person. And I mean, I'm working on it and I think Uh I'm doing really well, but it's like, wow, that's, it's like an instant thing that I've got to tap down. Like, no, you have no clue about their situation. Yeah, you, what are, right. why are you judging? Who am I right. to judge? And, but gosh, we judged so much. Everyone, yeah. everyone. Right. And that's and in just, you. That's in yes. you. And that's, you know, you were taught that way. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and so to break free of that is difficult. It is yeah. difficult. Um, and also on the, on the same end is I was very much raised with this, you know, Mormons are very unique because they do believe they have the keys to the kingdom, but they also, mm-hmm. you know, much like your religion in some ways, you can't be too vocal. You also, you know, be small, be humble, mm-hmm. don't make too much noise, circle the wagons, stay with yes. your, your community. So while you are taught that you are great, you're also taught to kind of be hum- humility, have humble yes. humility. Yes. Um, and also that, you know, the guilt the fucking guilt factor mm-hmm. just still haunts me and it still yep. makes for, you know, a relationship and I have a wonderful relationship, mm-hmm. but still that, 
Like when she says, like, have you taken out the trash yet? Well, how come I'm, I'm supposed to, I, I'm trying as hard as I can. And I'm doing everything mm. I can. And she just, I just asked. You don't yeah. have to take it on yeah. yourself. That you're so, doing so terrible and you can't do enough. Right. Because I was raised um, that you, you have to do so much and the bar yep. is so high. Right. Um, and, 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 and to continually, you know, to feel like you're never going to attain that bar as I never did. I was like, I'm right. never, I'm never going to be as good a Mormon as I should because right. the bar is pretty high. And I know you were raised in a very difficult mm -hmm. religion. Right. You're um, never going to reach that, that right. bar really, you know, right. it's, it's unreachable. It's so we just... still, I still carry that. And, you know, yeah. I still have this yeah. like, need to do as much as I can and much as I can and never hit it. and always feel bad that I, yes. you know, I, I'm never going to be as good as I should uh, yes. and never live in the moment that, you know, you're doing all right. Yeah. Versus yeah. Especially with what you come from. Yeah. And especially from, from coming from that kind of background, I think breaking away from that. And I think that's, I mean, this is one of the main reasons that we got out when we did, or for me personally, I guess, is becoming a parent. Like when I became a parent, I was like, I've got to lie to this kid, like, <laughs> and all these expectations, like, cause I'm going to, I'm, I'm supporting things that I don't believe in. And I'm going to raise this kid, just like my parents had to lie to me and tell me like, oh, this is why we do it. It's like, no, it's not. So mm -hmm. that's really what pushed me was having being a parent and realizing like, no, like, I don't I don't want to do this. Like, this feels icky to have to basically lie to my kids. Like, that's that's not OK for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you've been lying to yourself. That's one thing right. to lie to yourself. But yes. to lie to a child. Yes. Another and to put that like... guilt, the guilt is mm -hmm. such a huge part. And like you said, exactly that. I feel like I live with that too every day. It's like, oh, I'm not doing good enough. And, you know, we lived with such like, like I said, it's unreachable, but like this perfectionism of sorts. And it's like, I don't want to raise my kids with that. Like how right. awful. Like, and I, I can remember my thoughts as a child and now like doing some serious therapy and stuff, realizing, oh, those aren't normal thoughts for a child. Like I was very depressed. I, I had some issues, you know, that never were taken care of because they couldn't be. And I'm like, I can't imagine my kids having those thoughts or not being able to, if they do talk about it. So it's like being a parent to me, like changed everything. I'm like, okay. And that's yeah. why every day it's like with the guilt or with the judgmental net judge, Judginess. Judgment. 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 I think you're the professional. So I'm going <laughs> to say. A word in this. Uh -huh. We're going to find that after. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, I don't want my kids to see me as that kind of person. And I don't want to raise them to be those kind of people. So that's really yeah. been huge for me is like, how do I want to raise little humans? Like, right. And it's good. It's a good thing to, you know, to, to give them aspirations of course but the high aspirations mm. and the unattainable aspirations right. that i was raised with uh, you know that's it's difficult it was difficult to shake and i still i'm trying to take the good parts of it <clears throat> and use it right. both professionally and personally mm -hmm. but also shed the the guilt and 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 shame that yes. still gosh rides on my my little shoulders isn't that crazy oh my gosh now what so you went on your your mission trip is out mission trip is my, out. Mission. my your, mission your mission your mission your mission and then how much longer after that 
did you actually get out? Cause you said that kind of maybe pushed you. Well, yeah, I was in and out, you know, I came okay. home and, and, you know, you, you, you come home and you, you come home a triumphant, you know, mm. returning soldier from doing God's work. And, uh, you know, so I, I did that for a while and, you know, I was a hero kind of to the Gosh. family and the community and friends. Um, <clears throat> And I, I tried to live it just for a while, but I also just, I, you know, the expectations were really difficult mm. and I, yeah. I wanted to try and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to experience new things. And mm. oddly enough, even though I couldn't read much, I was always a reader. I always mm. read as a child. And when I went on my mission, I was like, you can read this book, the Book of Mormon or the Bible and maybe two other books. I just, wow. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Mm. I, so I would surreptitiously you know, get books and, mm. you know, find books. And it's amazing if you look for, you know, paraphernalia and evil <laughs> books, you can find them. And I would find them, we'd go to thrift stores and I'd secretly oh. buy a book or two. And I, I read a lot of books, you know, in the bathroom or wherever oh I could when my, my companion would, wouldn't watch me. <clears throat> so I just kind of thirsted more for the, the mm. knowledge that I wasn't given for those two years. <clears throat> and uh, I just kind of opened up more of my, you know, perspective on life. And then mm. you read books like, you know, stupid things like the Dharma bums or, you know, motorcycle maintenance and in the art of motorcycle maintenance or whatever it may be. <laughs> and you think that you're some, you know, hippie wizard and you want to learn more. <clears throat> and so I just kind of started searching for more on religion. And it, it uh, and then I also just wanted to hang out with friends who were mm. drinking beer and mm -hmm. I wanted to touch boobies and be with a female and do things that I wasn't supposed to do. So I did. And I always felt that awful guilt. So I'd go yeah. to church and then I'd go out drinking and then I'd go to sure. church and I'd go out drinking. And I, um, and then one day I was trying to go back to religion and I was trying to be a good Mormon boy. And I, I remember going to the singles ward and in, in Mormonism, there's, there's a lay clergy. So it's basically the, the bishops, the, the people who are in, in the, um, in the clergyman are normal humans. They're just people. Mm, okay. they, they have real jobs and they're called to serve as a, a bishop or a leader of the congregation. And I remember going to this bishop and I had to confess my sins. And I was 24, mm. uh, 25, 26, 27 years old. I don't even remember. Um, and I went into this bishop and he had just been called and I laid out my sins. I remember oh, just laying out gosh. all of these awful sins that I had done, which really weren't. You know, I drank, I read books, I watched R-rated movies. I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I'd had sex at that point. Probably. I don't think I had. Um, you know, so little things, making out with girls or whatever. And I remember just regaling him with this laundry list of quote unquote sins. And I wasn't happy. And I realized that I wasn't, I was, I was utterly unhappy because I was confused. And I, I, I told him all my sins and confessed all my sins. And I just, I vividly remember his face just like going, I don't know how to, <laughs> you know, most people come in and just say that they're having, you know, bad thoughts. <laughs> And he literally was blank, and and he, uh, he just goes, well, uh, have you have you read your scriptures and prayed? <laughs> and and he goes, we you know we we we'll we'll probably have to get a court together to to decide uh, whether you gosh. still are worthy to be in the church. And I remember this epiphany, looking at him and going, you're just a dentist. Like he was literally a dentist. And I just go, why the fuck am I confessing right. and telling my sins to this person? 
so that he can ultimately decide whether I'm good enough for the club. And I go, if I'm having issues and I have problems, I'm going to figure it out myself or I'm going to work on it myself and not have this guy tell me. And I remember I, I left, I got up, I left. I walked out of the church and I, I hadn't, I've never gone back in because wow. I just, and I worked on it and I said, yeah. if I'm unhappy, right. I'm going to figure out how to be happy. I'm going to put in yes. the work and the effort. And it ultimately led to me going, um, it's okay for me to have a glass of wine. It's right. okay for me to make out with a girl or even have mm-hmm. sexual relations with a woman that I like, um, without feeling this overwhelming fear and guilt. Mm. Um, so that was kind of the, um, the, 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 epiphany that got me on the path to okay ultimately leaving the oh, faith oh my gosh and now because just because i don't know a ton about mormonism when you're in and doing your mission are you going to college or no you're doing nothing but nothing Mormon but mission. missionaries so okay, two years wow. from 18 at, at the time it was 18 now they okay i think they made it 19 oh no, wow. no it was 19 when i went Okay. Um, now they've moved it to 18 because they realized the church realized that a lot of kids are leaving high school, going to one year of college and going, I uh, don't think I want to yes. anymore. Right. Um, so they're getting, a, you know, so Younger. now they're going out at 18. I was 19, oh, 19 my through gosh. 21. And I did nothing. That's all you do. That's all you do. Uh, Mormonism. My gosh. So, yeah. That is so crazy. And so then when you left, did you go to college at all? I did. Or and did I, you? I you did afterwards. And, okay. Uh, I, I, uh, I learned a bit. And, uh, is that where I, you got into your whole, what you do now? In well, college, I don't want to be a filmmaker. I always wanted to be a filmmaker. When I was a kid, my, my, my aunt took me to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was 10 years old. This was 1990, uh, 1981. Oh. And uh, I just kind of was enamored by it. And I was, I was very artistic. I was okay. very creative. In a family full of academics and athletes, I was a creative, okay. uh, goofy, funny bastard that couldn't, my parents couldn't, couldn't figure out why I got C-minuses. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but brought home beautiful paintings that I painted or whatever. Um, so I just always wanted to be in film. And when I was 17 years old, I found one guy in Utah that was doing it. And I just interned with him. Mm. So when I I got older and after my mission, I started, I was a crew member. So I started doing grip and PA and camera assistant. Okay. And and, uh, just reading everything I could about films and watching every single movie I could. I didn't go to film school. Uh, I took some film classes, but then I just dropped out and said, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to learn how to be a filmmaker. And, you know, I was, I was a grip. I was making $350 a day and I'd work 10 days a month and make twice as. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Not just you know, any of my friends back when I was, I was 1990, 19, mid-90s, early, late Gosh. 90s. So, yeah, that's good money. Yeah, that's it's good was okay then. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was okay <laughs> oh, then. Oh, the times have changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You take it now, honestly. Right. I'd go back. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, why don't you... I'm very curious to hear about... Obviously, your job is so fascinating to me, but... I'm very, because I've watched it, Murder Among the Mormons. Yes. Is that the title? That's correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, you directed that? Uh-huh. I co-directed it. You co-directed, co-directed that. co-directed it. And how so, did that come along? Like, I'm so curious how, like, who decides, like, this would be a great documentary? Sure. Well, I'll back up a little bit and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and talk about, uh, so I, 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 I was a crew member, but then I, I, I made some wacky short films. My first short film was actually kind of religion based, oddly enough. Okay. And then another one was about belief and death. And, uh, you know, it's always been a, a theme of my mm-hmm. belief and, and why people believe certain things. And, mm. uh, then I made a documentary called Sons of Perdition. Mm. And it took me four years of my life and I co-directed it. And Sons of Perdition is about kids who were kicked out of their polygamous community, mm. um, the FLDS. Uh, and there's been a lot of uh, media about the FLDS. The Keep Sweet was on Netflix, just released that three-part series, which is horrific. I couldn't watch all of it. Oh, but, I bet. Well, it was, just, it was hard for me in some ways because I, I mean, I was there in 19 or in 2005, 2004, mm. I guess, when we first started making that film. And wow. it, it's this religious community and it's, well, it's a cult in yeah. Southern Utah, uh, very extreme, uh, you know, it was polygamous, um, were led by Warren Jeffs and they would routinely excise, kick out these boys, young boys, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. They just kick them to the curb and they'd say, you no longer are part of our family, our community. Uh, you no longer have a mother, brother, sister, father, um, mothers, and mm, right. uh, you're going to hell. And mm. these kids have no knowledge of the outside world. They couldn't read books. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't you know, watch movies. They couldn't listen to music. And then one day they go from having families of 30 people to nothing. Mm. to fending for themselves in a world they knew nothing about. So we uh, worked very hard to find, we found four uh, young men, three young men, and we followed them for two years Mm. and watched them grow up in a world they knew nothing about. And it was my first documentary. We knew not really anything to do, but it was very, um, it was our story in many ways writ large. My partner at the time, Jenny Lynn Burton, had also left the Mormon faith. So we Mm. were following this extreme version of, kids leaving their religion and getting completely cut off and dealing with how to leave this cult in their mind. Uh, and it was a, it's a beautiful, heartbreaking, unbelievable story of these kids and their resilience. And uh, it premiered at Tribeca Film Festival and it did very well. And Oprah bought it and made it part of her Oprah Documentary Club. Mm. And it, it, awesome. it, it thrust me into the world of documentary filmmaking um, and I loved doing that and I love making it. And then the next film I made was called an honest liar about, um, James, the amazing Randy, who, and again, very belief laden because it was about a, a guy who was a foremost, uh, he was a, a, a magician and escape artist. And then he became the foremost investigator and debunker of paranormal, cl- 
paranormal mm. claims. So he spent his life going after psychics and faith healers and spoon vendors and people who use the tricks of magic, not for entertainment, but to deceive. Um, and so it was very much about why do people believe things? So I was still on, oh, wow. that, yeah. on that same train of belief. Uh, and then I made a film called I Want My MTV about the birth of MTV that featured a lot of rock stars that didn't really have anything to do with religion or yes. belief unless MTV was your your cult, yeah, which right. it could be for many yeah. people. But oddly enough, I didn't watch it. You probably didn't watch it either, right? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, no, no, I didn't watch that um, one. <laughs> I, I, we weren't allowed to watch it. So I didn't watch MTV, and yet I became a, an expert on it by making wow. a movie about it. So, And that film was a blast. Um, mm. I'm, I'm doing two music projects right now because I love doing music projects. Uh. But then after that, I made uh, Murder Among the Mormons. Mm-hmm. And Murder Among the Mormons uh, was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, a series that I had, came up with. A crazy story about a series of bombings that occurred in Salt Lake City in the mid-80s. And uh, the stories, and I don't want to give it away because there's a yeah. great kind of plot twist in it, mm-hmm. but it's all about belief and Mormonism and, um, you know, documents and religion and crime. And uh, I co-directed it with Jared Hess, Jared Hess, who did Napoleon Dynamite oh. and other films. Him and I, uh, you know, he's a Utah boy as well. Okay. Him and I uh, were friends and mm. we said, let's do this together. Wow. And uh, we we did that series, uh, and it did very 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 well for Netflix, and yeah. we had a hell of a good time making it. Yeah. How long did like that one take to make? You know, it was such an you know it was very difficult to sell it. It was very strange because I hmm. I I researched the project. I decided to do it. I found the people who were involved. I interviewed some of them, and I cut what's called a sizzle. It's basically hmm. a three or four minute preview of coming attractions if you will it's like a trailer in a film okay. in advance and it's very necessary in today's world of, of selling a film okay and i took it out jared and i took it out and nobody bit we, mm. we went to everyone in fact in, including netflix and they said no i don't know why they just didn't they said no and then six months later we took it back out and i don't know how the world had changed Wow. Um, true crime had changed. We got an executive producer on, Joe Berlinger, who literally came in the room and said, these guys are great. This movie's great. And then uh, Netflix came back on, strangely yeah. enough. Wow. Uh, so that was, I mean, it took two years to even to that point of working on it, researching it, finding okay. all the things. I, I went insane research on this subject. Hmm. And the gentleman, Mark Hoffman, uh, who was uh, part of the bombings, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, and then once Netflix said, do it, you know, they were like, okay, here's your money. Can you have it by Tuesday? Oh. Basically, it was <laughs> um, you know, as is the nature, they want things oh. quick. They, they got a, they got a lot of uh, things to fill. Yeah, but, you know, I bet. It, was, it was about a year. Okay. COVID, COVID kind of slowed it down, of Yeah, course. I bet. I bet. But it took about a year to make. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Now, what's your favorite project that you've worked on? You know, I'll always have a <clears throat> Sons of Perdition is very much my story and it's very okay. personal. And it was like, it was just me. It was like, yeah. we had no money. We were just scraping where it was me and Jenny and a camera following wow. these fucking polygamous kids around in their Ugh. shitty apartments, trying to find jobs, trying to reconnect with their parents, watching, you know, young girls escape. One of the boys trying to get his sister out of the community as she was going to be married to a 40 year old man. Uh. It was very just bootstraps and beautiful film. Mm. So I'll always have that. I'll always have a place in my heart. But okay, um, 
An Honest Liar is just a beautiful, amazing, mm. really remarkable film of a really remarkable man. And I'm just very proud of the storytelling in mm. that. Okay. Uh, we, we really took a twist in that film and pulled kind of the rug out from under the audience. Okay. And that did very well as well. It was uh, it played in theaters. It was a critic's pick on New York Times. It was a very good, beautiful film, and I love I love doing it. So, but my next project is a, my my favorite project. So, one I'm going to do next, right? Oh, you're right. Uh, it's always uh, whatever it is, whatever that one is. <laughs> always something coming. Oh right. my gosh! Now, when you, I'm just so curious when you try when you do these documentaries, and it's probably changes from you know each one or any film. Are you like? away from home for long periods of time? It, you know, it depends. Um, some of them are very different. Some of them are a little more verite where you're involved in the subject's life and you're okay. being a part of them. Some are just interviews. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do, I do a decent amount of travel. Okay. I I'm bet. doing a three-part series right now for Paramount about, uh, oddly enough, 80s metal, hair oh. metal, if you will. Oh. But looking at it, not just as a genre, but looking at it as individuals who wanted to be rock stars. And okay. for those in the eighties who wanted to, I mean, growing up in the eighties, that's whatever you wanted to be a rock star. And awesome. so we, we tell the story of five individuals who became rock stars or became close to being rock stars or, you know, wanted to be rock stars, but their genre of music, quote unquote, hair metal essentially mm. died in 1992 and just took the entire genre away okay so uh that you know we told it through five people so that's more you know interviews and spending a little time with them okay um and then i'm doing another project a music-based project that's kind of takes me away here and there but by and large it's you know it's it's more pre-production and post-production than it is filming okay i bet that's i just doing just this podcast or even just like my little videos I'm like the editing part of stuff takes so freaking long. Like it is just hours and hours and hours. And, you know, you think, oh, this little 15 second video, which I mean, it's not like I put a lot of editing. Let's be real about into my videos, but it takes some. And, you know, it's like 20 minutes for a 15 second video of editing. It's like that adds up. That's a lot of a lot of time. And I believe that's where that's where really where the greatness is, especially in documentary. Oh, I bet. Um, I bet. You are basically crafting and you're taking, mm. I mean, you know, even for Murder Among the Mormons, I had hundreds of hours of archival material and photos and, uh, you know, and, and interviews. You know, we interviewed 30 plus people. For my MTV film, we interviewed 60 people, oh everyone from gosh. Billy Idol to Pat Benatar to Rudd DMC to Dee Schneider to Brett Michaels to all the founders and to fit 60 interviews in an hour, you know, 20 minutes, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Not to mention all the Madonna videos that I wanted to put in. Uh, oh, what your, your other music project is that have, I remember seeing a post cause you know how well you do with posting about, <laughs> um, the lost guitar, a lost and found show. Oh uh, yeah. That was cool. Story. Oh yeah. gosh. See, you need to post more stuff like that. I do. That's a hell of a story that we're in the middle of right now. Okay. About okay. Randy Bachman, who was in the guess who and, uh, Bachman Turner overdrive, a, a rock star. A musician. Okay. He wanted to be a rock star. He was 14 years old. He bought a beautiful orange guitar, a Gretsch, an orange Gretsch. And it was his hit maker. It's how mm. he wrote the hits. And he had huge hits. American Woman, Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, Taking Care of Business, These Eyes, Undone, Laughing. I mean, huge songs. Mm. 
And he loved this guitar and he, he, he cared for it. He chained it to toilets and radiators when he was on the road because he didn't want it lost. But in 1976, it was stolen. Uh. And his band broke up and he lost millions of dollars and his wife divorced him and he never wrote another hit again. So uh. he tried to spend his life trying to find the guitar, uh. but also replicate the same magic. He bought mm. over a thousand guitars trying to find that same muse and he never, never could. Consequently, he was also, oddly enough, Mormon. Oh, um, wow. A very active Mormon. Oh, interesting. Uh, with, with six kids. And he was trying to juggle being a father and being a rock star and mm. being a Mormon. I mean, those things do not mesh well. A, do, <laughs> they do not mesh well. Um, wow. But, he, you know, he, he pulled that off. So that's more what the story is, is okay. this trying to be a father and a rock star and a Mormon. Uh, but oddly enough, and not to reveal too much, but in 2020, during the pandemic, some internet sleuth in Canada said, you know what? If that guitar is out there, I can find it. Spent uh, two weeks online researching and found so the guitar awesome. in oh. Japan. Oh my gosh! Some kooky inner, uh, some kooky uh, uh, rockabilly musician in Japan, Japanese artist, had purchased it in a vintage shop six years prior. My now, gosh. where the guitar had been from 1976 to right. 2014, nobody else. We, we may never know. Maybe we'll find out. Um, but he found this guitar uh, and they reconnected. He got his guitar back. Um, so, so now because cool. he's 70 something years old, he gets his, his magic guitar. Oh, maybe he'll write some amazing music again. Right. So, so that film actually, you know, um, you know, kind of combines a couple of my ovures, yeah. if you, if I can use that pretentious word mm -hmm. that I couldn't spell, but I could say, yes, right. um, both belief and music Yeah, because you know, what kind of belief do you put in a guitar? What is a, an inanimate object mean to an artist? Right. So we're going into post-production on that one. Very Yay. Soon. Oh, that's Crazy so story. cool. So, so cool. Yeah. Uh, so who, where did you meet yes, your love of your life? Diana? Yes. Um, she's a filmmaker as well. Uh, okay. she, uh, she had made an amazing film called Vessel, uh, which was okay. the award. It won the jury and grand jury prize at South by South by Southwest, mm. an amazing documentary. And I was at a mm. film festival and, uh, with an honest liar and James Randi, who was in the film said, yo, you have to meet this woman. We went and saw our film. Then we had breakfast with her. She's amazing. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go see the film. And I saw the film and it was remarkable. And it blew my mind. And I was like, whoever made this film is a badass. <laughs> and then afterwards, this tall, beautiful, smart woman stands up and talks. And I was like, I have to meet her. Uh, so we, she was wow. living in New York and I was living in Salt Lake. And we carried on a nice little long distance relationship. And finally, we said, let's just do this. She, she uh, moved in with me and moved to Salt Lake, wow. left New York, and came to little old uh, Salt Lake City. Wow. Um, we now live in L.A. We moved here a little over okay. a year ago. And we have a oh, wow. nice little four-year-old child. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. Keeps you busy. Yeah. So we're both filmmakers. Um, you know, we're both uh, pushing that boulder up. Good times. Lots, lots of editing happening in that house. <laughs> <Yes>. Lots <laughs> of complaining mostly. But. 
Oh, that's so great. Oh, very, very cool. How how long ago did you was it when you met her? This was see, you have to do this and I have to be like No, I'm just saying like how know, long like no, oh, ten like, years, was, five years. It was April eighth, nineteen. It was <laughs> I don't fucking know. It was it was seven, eight, seven years ago. Oh okay. a little over seven years ago. Okay. That general, that's fine. That's perfect. Right. That's perfect. Oh my gosh, that's great. Okay, another question. Okay, you're fidgeting. No, I'm a fidgeter. Yes, well, I am too. I'm going to show you something real quick because I have major ADHD issues. Uh, this is my favorite fidget thing. Okay, well, see the sticker? It's like a band-aid. Yeah, I just took it off my computer because I, I literally have these on every one of my devices and it's kind of just bumpy, like has texture to it. It's called um, calm strips is what they're called. What? You need to get some. And because like this entire time I'm rubbing this on my computer oh. and it keeps me quiet. Well, that's yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And it's removable. So you can just peel them off and stick them on something else. I literally, I have them on all my kids stuff. How does it keep you quiet? I mean, you put it over your mouth. Because, well, it keeps my hands quiet. Like your pen. Oh yeah. See, I'm fiddling with a pen. Yeah. And it's noisy. Yeah. So I'm fiddling with this. You can kind of peel the edges up. It's so satisfying. I, I, I'm going to send you some because (laughs) it is the best thing because I fidget so bad. And a lot of my fidget toys are like noisy like i have this one that i use a lot yeah and i love this one but it's, but noisy. it's noisy yeah it's not but it's good noisy. for podcasting no so i'm sending you some comp strips okay. for podcasting right. from now okay. on that's what you have to use uh but anyway I just, like, that's just move a little... around a lot it just move around. i can tell yeah no i do the same thing i have a twisty yeah, chair but i'm 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 having to learn with podcasting i'm trying to be better with it because it is very hard yeah. to sit still for me like i hate it yeah and i'm not but I'm not, i loved watching you because i'm like look at moving around this is yeah. like we're twisting it's not good for audio because i like twist and then my eye comes back yes. i'm like i and then yeah. i was it was 19 minutes I totally remembered that. But yeah, and I do this. I sit up and then I move and I put my yes, finger out. But mostly it's just like I don't like to sit still. I mean, I know it's even hard for me to watch something. I'll, I'll have to fold oh, clothes yeah. while I watch something or I'll. I'm the same way. I'm always, it drives my partner a little bit crazy because I'm just like, mm-hmm. I can't. Even when I'm watching this, you know, it's your turn to watch Gabriel, our four-year-old, and be like, yeah, okay, we're going to go build something. I've got to fix the right. lawnmower. That's not watching mm-hmm. him. Him watching right. you fix the lawnmower is not. Um, <laughs> you got to teach him how to fix it. He'll be so yeah, interested. But that's also part of, like, as we were talking earlier, is that being raised with, you know, yep. having you have to do and make and create and build and be better and do everything that you're supposed to do. Um, and instead, I should just go. You know, I, I can watch the can watch the World Series yes. without having to. I had never put that together before, but I think you're so correct. There you go. There's your therapy session. Because I cannot, I know, I cannot sit still and not be doing something else. Like every time we watch TV, I'm on my computer, I'm on my phone editing, I'm doing something. Or like you said, folding lawn. This is interesting. Oh, I'm journaling after we this. We talk about this on the podcast quite a bit. And it, when we talk about individuals who have left cults or who were in cults, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that those who are in cults are these glassy-eyed sheep. But it, it's quite the antithesis of that. Um, right. Because the, the individuals who are in cults are usually high-functioning, A, type A personalities. And that's what yeah. cult leaders want. They want individuals who are going to um, bring in money, who are going to you know, do the work that they don't want to do. Because by and large, cult leaders are lazy. 
and narcissistic. Right. Um, and there are individuals mm-hmm. who will bring other people in and, and people who are in cults, you know, especially those who join older, you know, being raised in it is different. You don't have much of a choice. And by and large, cults don't really last. They don't last a second generation. A lot of times kids go, I don't I am in this stupid religion right. slash cult. But those right. who willingly join, you know, nobody joins a cult is what we say. Because you don't yes. join a cult, you join a movement. You join. You right. want to. You want to go to heaven. You want to be better. You want to self help. You want to be more fit. You want to be an actor. You want to be, you know, something unique and interesting. And I'm joining this yes. group and listening to this this person who's going to teach me to be that. So you know, you and I coming from that cultic environment, it's it's fitting that we have that type A get shit done personality because that's it what really cults is. want. They want you to do what you're supposed to do all the time and not be distracted by the outside world or television or movies or music or Madonna. Um, right. Oh, Madonna. Yeah, I know. So much I admit. Uh, it's so <laughs> true. I know. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. It's still it's so funny now, like as an adult and being out and our current friends, like we have a friend group that we've been really good friends with for about three, four years and it's so funny now because even just this last weekend, my husband's like, oh, we weren't allowed to play sports and he's super athletic. So he missed out on a lot Sad. growing up. It's awful. But he um, but we don't watch movies either. But he's into sports and, you know, he loves watching all the documentaries and everything now that he missed out on. But one of our friends um, just this weekend was saying, talking about. Rudy, I think yeah, it is a sports movie. movie, Rudy. Yeah. And so he's talking about it with Dwayne and Dwayne, Dwayne's my husband. And he says, uh, Dwayne's like, oh yeah, I don't think I've watched that one. And he, he's like, what? You haven't watched Rudy. And so he made a list. He's like, okay, I forgot. Okay. Well, here's the list of old movies that you have to watch. So now he has a list nice. of old sports movies that he's going to you know, catch up on. Movies. I love sports. Yeah. Um, oh. And Rudy's a good one. Rudy's a good one. So it's so funny. It's just like people like, you're like, I never, I don't know what that is. Like we didn't watch I know. that. I hate when so. people do that. When they like, you haven't seen this movie. They go, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen right. it. I'm like, God, I've seen a lot. I can't watch every one, man. Yes. You have it. You want. They always do that. Oh, my God. You got to see the Police Academy 5. You got to. Well, especially like in your line of work, they probably just expect that you watch every single thing that's right. out there. Like, and I watch a lot of movies, but man, I can't see all I bet. of them. There's too many. Right. Oh, no way. No way. And with kids oh, my now, gosh. God, who watches movies? Oh. Like you're no, so tired, no. you put the little brats to bed, and you're finally like, oh, yeah. I just want to lay here and not let any speed silence. No noise. And then go yep. to bed 15 minutes after they do. Yeah, I'm a night owl, so I stay up late, but I I wish I could sleep till 10 every day, but mm-hmm. I can't. So I just get very little sleep. Uh, okay, high another question. I'm very high functioning. <laughs> I have to do all the things. I have to do everything to be worth anything. <laughs> me. I'm just like doing everything. Please like me. Just sit on the fucking couch for 20 minutes, Shannon. I know. I know. It's so hard. I have to be journaling or something. After this, I feel like I'm going to be doing some serious journaling. Like, it's going to be therapy Good. day. I brought it back. I brought all I mean, of it back. Thank you. Thank you so much. So much. I needed to feel the pain again. Uh, okay. Do you have a book that you love, a book that you would recommend? Oh, that's a good question. Or, um, you know, I love yeah. reading books and I usually typically read nonfiction. I mean, there's so many that I love. Um, 
uh, you know, Bill Bryson is my favorite author. He writes these amazing okay. travel books, but then he stopped writing travel books. And now he writes books where he um, explores certain areas. For example, he, he's got mm. one called Home that he explores and talks about the history of home and what each home and each room does. He has one called The oh, Body where he really breaks down what the human body is. Um, but they're very witty and funny and not too heady. Um, he's great. He did a, one called the short history of nearly everything that looks at the big bang up till now. Uh, so oh, he's my favorite author. Um, I just read a great okay. world war two book called prisoners of the castle about, uh, POWs mm. who were put in this extreme castle in coldest and routinely tried to escape from it. That's a really good one. Mm. I read very dude books like, Okay. Dude yeah. stuck on a boat in the middle of the Antarctic or World War Two <laughs> shit or, you know, that yeah. kind of like male, male like stuff. But Bill Bryson's okay. amazing. He's uh, really okay. great. One of my favorite authors. So. I love it. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. My last question that I love to ask, it's, it's my favorite, is what is the best compliment that you've ever received? Oh, man. What a great question. I, mm -hmm. you know, God, that's a tough one. I'd have to think about that. I know. I mean, even when I get one. a compliment, I'm like, oh, they don't, they don't mean it. I don't. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's not true. Right. Why are you saying that? And then that? you've got to give one. Yeah. You've got to give one back immediately. What do you want to... from me? <laughs> right. it's not, I'm not really that way. Um, now I've really got to work on that. I don't know. I mean, it's I get hair compliments a lot. Oh, that's, hey, that's a good that's one. That's an easy one. But um, yes. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's kind of a hard one. I wish you'd have prepped me on that because it, well, compliments it's, it's are a sometimes good thinking difficult one. for people like you and I, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Very uh, much. You know, I mean, look, it's stupid, but I'm just going to go back to, I just, I made a really great Halloween costume for my four-year-old. He wanted to be a pilot oh. and I made him a, paper, a plane out of cardboard boxes with a working propeller that you could switch on and off and landing lights. And it was, it took oh a long time. So walking around trick-or-treating, which I don't, you know, in California, trick-or-treating is very different than anywhere I've ever been. They basically just cordon off a huge, beautiful street and hundreds of kids go to this one street. Oh, and they, okay. Maybe this is LA, California, because yeah, that's Pasadena not me, California. Is Okay. And, you know, kids can get fill up a bag in a street. You know, uh, when we were kids, uh, yes. we had to walk for miles to, to right. get enough Snickers bars to feel. I don't know what that's like at all. Oh, I wasn't allowed to trick or treat. Come on, Tyler. Me. <laughs> I told you, I want to be a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not too late. So, so I, you know, just walking around with that, with that, um, uh, airplane made out of cardboard boxes oh my gosh. Uh, and getting the compliments from strangers. That was enough to oh, keep me happy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that'll last sure, for the next yeah. month. That's amazing. Um, and now like this amazing cardboard airplane, have we seen picture of this on <laughs> Instagram yet? Interesting. <laughs> huh? You're right. I haven't done pictures of Instagram. Like now I want to Sorry. see it. I'm envisioning it in my All mind right, and I'm going to be disappointed now. something somewhere <laughs> about... I'm so bad. I'm so Amish when you're it comes so, to that. You're so bad. Yeah, you <laughs> no, really are. No. I mean, just from one cult to the next, uh, you know? No, I'll get better uh, at it. You really need to, like, you, because you do have such an interesting life. Yeah, I think maybe. You really do. Uh, more you do. than no, most you do. people know, because you'd have to either put me on a podcast or. <laughs> Find out. That's about it. 
You're very hidden. Yeah. You don't, I mean, I can Google you and find you. I just feel like an old man. I just feel like, honestly, I just feel like a lot of people, nobody gives a shit that I'm doing this. I do. I do. But you're I love it. Like, I... Like, I just want to, I want to just like go on your next travel with you and like follow and watch you interview people. Like, that's just so cool to me. It is cool. I I mean, I have interviewed some very interesting and, you know, doing these music docs are fascinating and, Mm, you know, to to interview some of the musicians and interesting people and to get to know Mm. these interesting people. That's really fantastic to me. That's fun. Um, You know, I have interviewed some pretty hefty and big, unbelievable names. Um, Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll post those pictures one day. I, yeah, today. One today day. is your day. <laughs> no, you see, you're not making any no, promises not, that you can't keep. Oh, <laughs> I shame you. Oh my gosh. Well, good. I'm glad. See, look how strong yeah. you are. You won't let this peer pressure get to you. Honestly, uh, I just don't even know how to well, do it. That's the problem. I don't I know how know. to like. I don't know what to I like, know. and I feel a little bit like I'm bragging a little bit. So. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm over that now, but I I know the feeling. Like, even just putting yourself out there is very yeah. weird. But you you make a it's, pseudo career out of some aspects, and and right. and, and no, I, for it sure. should be more of a resume building for me for people to say, oh, it should be. Tyler's actually out there working. Right, he's legit. Like he actually is a filmmaker. Yeah. I will say this: the other <laughs> day, know? I had a white cloth for the first time. It was at a party, a Halloween <gasps> yeah. party, and I opened it up and I thought of you. And I actually oh. told people, I was like, I've never had this, but I have a friend who had, drinks them and, oh. and uses them on our Instagram. So victory for you. You convinced me to drink a white cloth. Well, there you go. I mean, I just, this just made my day. I am so excited about that. I love when people say that. I'm like, see, white cloth does need to hire me. Are there dogs? Jeez. You don't get paid for this? No. no, no I, I assumed at least no. they're sending you 12 packs of white cloth. No, I mean, they, so during COVID, they did send, send me stuff. Like there's a group of us, like 30 of us, that's called the white, white claw wave makers. And so they would do like during COVID, we did like zoom classes or meetings or like, they would try to do like fun things. And so they would always send stuff. And whenever there's a new product coming out, they send it to me, but I don't get mm -mm. like, yeah, I know I should, I really should. I asked them and I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm like, quite in line with their um brand you know like they're very classy and i'm just a little off you know i i'm the old one in the group i'm like you guys basically had to invite me just for like oh here we have an over 40 year old that's in our group cross that (laughs) off the list i'll be that yeah (laughs) i like do we have an old person right (laughs) check so I'm the old person in the group, but, uh, yeah, so, but it's a good time, but thank you. That's amazing. That makes me laugh so hard. That's awesome. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I had a blast. Now we're friends and can't wait for your podcast to be up and running and I'll just keep sending people okay. to it because it's amazing. Oh, and I know, obviously we've talked about how terrible you are on social media. Uh, you are, you do have a website, tylermeason.com. I know that. Otherwise, where I, I can mean, people find you and see what you're doing? They're in my <laughs> Great question, Janet. In Pasadena. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm at a Tyler filmmaker. And no, that's my Twitter, okay. which I don't tweet that's either. Your Twitter. Um, no. What's your Instagram? Your Instagram? I'll put it in the show notes. You're not even going to know what it is. Gosh, I should have looked before. If you want before, to see yeah. pictures of lemons on my tree and beers that I drank in Maine. <laughs> You go, yeah. I will do better. Basically, you can, you can yeah. all you people can follow me and challenge me 
to post yes. more interesting stuff. Yes, post more interesting stuff. And I'll put it in the show notes as well, all your videos, your recent oh, okay. stuff that you've Correct. directed, because that obvious the people are gonna yeah, they see should that. see i mean they that's should see stuff. the british and murder among the mormons and yes. um, all the good stuff yeah and the next stuff when it comes out. i know i'm excited too this is gonna be fun the music cool. stuff that you have coming on yeah well thank you so much you're welcome shannon Thank you all for joining me for another episode of the Shanty Pants Show. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me every week. You can find all of my links to all my social medias, anything your heart desires at shantypantsshow.com. You can even find my amazing merch is back up and running there. And you can email me from there. All the things. All the things. Also, you always ask, how can you help me out with this whole podcast situation? You can subscribe to my podcast. You can leave reviews. You can share it with friends. I appreciate it all. So I am super excited to bring you guys the rest of the season. It's going to be amazing. And I'll see you next week. Don't ever silence your voice. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.